0: My name is Mary Grace and you're listening to the Homebody Podcast. Here we explore what it means to practice embodiment, which is practicing home inside our own selves and also within our wider body, which is the earth. These spiritually and artfully-minded conversations center healing, magic, astrology, intuition, art, wellness, creativity social and environmental justice, as the practices that help us witness more relationship, meaning, and purpose. We are here to approach life as a conscious process, and my hope is to enliven you, encourage you to hone your intuition, connect to your own center, so together we can cultivate more wisdom and self-trust and be dynamic agents of beauty, people who are fully awake and with our power intact. We're here to be more intentional as we approach the creation and caretaking of life. And we are here to make room for inquiry, sensitivity, and joy. Thank you for listening. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode we'll be talking about the sun entering cancer and the summer solstice and some of the invitations that I think are embedded in that for us and we'll also Mercury will be stationing direct in a few days which is really exciting and if you would like uh prompts, astrology aligned prompts to help you reflect on these transits in your own life, in your own creative practice, or your personal reflection practice, you can grab those for free below in the show notes. Heads up, I'm not channeling today on today's episode, um, but I will on next week as we talk about the full moon happening in Capricorn, which happens on Thursday. Uh, and next week, we'll also talk about Venus's move into Leo and out of Cancer, which will take us through the end of June, which means we are over halfway through 2021, which is a bit of a wowser, if I'm going to be honest, I'm like, wow, okay. And if you haven't listened to last week's episode with Zanetta Sykes, I would highly recommend that you go back and listen to it. It was such a resonant, beautiful conversation that I was so happy to have, so excited to share. We talk about intuitive practices, creative practices, and how those intersect and merge and inform one another and help us do each of those better and differently with more nuance. And Zanetta also talks about, um, as a percussionist, as a sound artist, um, their relationship to uh, using sound as a talisman for sort of distilling and connecting and pulling the energy of a moment into a form. So I would recommend you go back to listen to it if you haven't already. I'm also really excited about some of the episodes coming up in the next few weeks. I'll be sharing a little more from some of my personal experience, where astrology has shown up really poignantly, um, and also working on right now some fresh free resources for you all. So stay tuned for those. We'll start um, handing those out starting next week. And if you haven't already, check out our summer 2021 reading list. One of my favorite things about summer is um, that I just have, I don't know its fits from being out of school and doing like library challenges, which of course I did because I'm a huge nerd um, when I was growing up, but I just have such an association of summer with like fiction and literature and diving into big stories. So I pulled together a really lovely list. Lovely is a relative term, but a really interesting and rich list for you all. And you can find the compilation, the collection below in the show notes. And when you buy from that list or from any um, point in our dashboard on bookshop, you are also supporting the podcast, which we greatly appreciate. All right. I think that's all of the housekeeping I have for today. i about to talk about Jupiter stationing retrograde, the sun moving into cancer, Um, Some reflections that showed up from, I spent a couple of days in the mountains last week um, working, but in the mountains, which was very nice, even though I couldn't quite unplug completely. Um, I definitely am a firm believer of getting out of the normal, whatever the normal flow of life, the external demands of the day-to-day life, however you can from time to time and creating a cycle around that, so that um, was just really generative and beautiful. And I don't know why I don't wake up every morning uh, laying down on a rock like that, but <laughs> we should, I feel like that's what we would like to move to and Mercury will Station Direct. So we'll talk about all those things today and let's jump in. Today is Thursday, June 17th, when this episode is dropping. And on the 20th of June, which is a Sunday. We have Jupiter stationing retrograde in Pisces. So Jupiter has been in Pisces for about five-ish weeks. Jupiter in their own home sign where they are resourced and capable and able to do the expansion and the freedom and the movement that they want to do. Whereas they have been in the signs belonging to Saturn since December of 2019, where they have been a little less able to do that. So we've been experiencing some of the um, beneficent gaze of Jupiter, the resources, the supplies, the wisdom, the help, the insight. And um, I personally have been enjoying it. So the sense of expansions and freedoms made possible with Jupiter's increase in Pisces is is going to start to pull back as we have this retrograde to retreat back towards the Aquarian castle of Saturn. And Jupiter will officially return to Aquarius at the end of July, I believe it's the 27th. Uh, Don't quote me on that, but it's close to there, I'm pretty sure. And Jupiter will stay retrograde until October. So um, this will be really starting to draw back. Um, some of those freedoms and expansions and sort of retreat a little bit more. So what has this transit opened up for you? Is there an area of life? Is the Pisces area of your life able to feel more expansive? Has it felt more movement? Has it experienced a sense of wisdom or more mystical possibility, a teacher even? And as Jupiter begins to retreat and move back towards Aquarius, what is, how can you capture the essence of what that experience has been for you or the sensation of what that has been for you? How can you distill it into an image or a talisman or a poem or a sound that you can use for the future when you need it that can help you tap into what that movement was what that insight was what you understood about what was going on the mystical possibilities or the poetic imagination that was made possible it makes me think of you know the the stages of grief and i haven't looked at this in a really long time but It stuck with me. So if I'm getting the names wrong, forgive me. But one of the final stages of grief or loss is called identification, where we begin to embody the characteristics of what we've lost. And the image that sticks in my mind is, for instance, if someone loses a loved one, um, or having their belongings or some of their clothing around them, like kind of wearing it is kind of the first way we put on the bathrobe or we wear the shoes or the ring, or, um, we get really attached to the objects and sort of really literally carry them with us. Um, but then it can move to a place where, for instance, let's say someone is partnered with someone who was more outgoing than they were. So, and then that partner, Passes. There's often what happens where the person who has lost their more outgoing other um, starts to internalize and actually become more outgoing themselves, whereas in life they could rely on this other person to express those qualities and they could experience them in their own life. Um, now that person isn't there, and so for them to continue to experience those qualities in this form in life, they take those characteristics on and begin to work with them and use them and practice them in their own life. They, in a sense, become they become more outgoing if we're going to use that, so there's this identification that can happen, So, uh, and I'm not trying to say that like Jupiter moving out of Pisces is full of grief and loss, and that's not that's what I'm saying, but I'm using it as an illustration of how we can carry things with us. So if you've had experiences that have opened up more possibilities for you, helped you understand differently, whatever it is, um, how can you identify with that? How can you take it on and really personalize it that go from, you know, maybe it is like the bathrobe or the jewel or the rock that lives in your pocket now or the picture that's on your altar or the poem that Really means is holding that experience for you, or maybe it's just the way that you're moving through the world now um, is reflecting a little bit differently based on what you've experienced. And those are both both of those approaches are super valid it's when we integrate these things when we integrate these learnings, or these people, or these expressions into our being, then they're always with us, and I was really thinking of the you are not separate from the teaching, you're not separate from the teacher, that you are the guru, right? Even if the guru is retreating, or waning, or moving, you are actually the guru, so swallow her, and really identify, and embody it within yourself, and become the things, digest the things that you want to be and to remember so that they're always with you later on that day. So um, on my time zone and where I live, Jupiter is stationing retrograde in the late morning around 11 a.m. And then approximately 12 hours later, the sun enters Cancer, which is the summer solstice. So happy birthday to all the sun and Cancer babies. Looking forward to some cute birthday house parties myself. Uh, I'm not a Cancer sun, but I will be going to some Sun and Cancer birthdays. And With the Sun entering Cancer, like Venus who is actually still there, it means that the Sun is also entering a trine with Jupiter which will be exact on the 23rd, and though Jupiter will be retrograde the whole time, I I do like that they will be in such nice relationship to one another, aiding and abetting each other, making each other more possible, more regal, and um, furthering one another's growth and agendas. So this is the mother of summer in the northern hemisphere, the eating, the opening, the The opening that is necessary to birth something or the contractions that are necessary to birth something is another way we could think about it, especially if you're experiencing winter right now. It's the uncomfortable widening that has to happen for some new form of life to come through. Um, But in order for something to be made wider, it also pulls back in and then it reaches back out. So identifying with those pulsations of life, that cycle of inhale and exhale and ebb and flow, contraction and expansion. In contemporary Western culture, we tend to think of life as this ever-expanding, forever growth state, and that's when things are good. Um, But life actually is a pulse and a throbbing. It's a heartbeat. And... It is the in and the out, and I hear from a lot of folks with significant cancer placements in sessions, and before we've even had a chance to talk about it, there's usually a, a confession of like, you know, I don't really, at least at this point in their lives, they don't understand this, I, you know, they immediately go to this idea of children or parenting or mothering, and um, but I think we could go a little deeper than that, and I often do, that the idea of creativity or um, fertility can be so much more expansive. This idea of mothering, this idea of connecting to the mother of how we take care of how we pay attention of how we nurture ourselves and others and paying attention to, I mean, I'm thinking about the garden because I've been in my garden a lot lately. I'm like, how generative is the soil, right? How it is made more fertile when we tend to it. Um, How creative is your, and by tending, I don't mean like miracle grow and all that shit. I mean like (laughs) giving it what it needs. Are there worms in there? Are there creepy crawlies in there? That's a sign of life, right? The more life is in there, the more fertile the soil. And how creative is your practice? How creative are your relationships? This is made more fertile by the tending and the self-tending and the co-nurturing and the attention to the intimate space. All the things that Cancer wants and is interested in doing, right? And all Of those practices can create a sense of fertility, right? We're parenting our lives. We are creating something in a generative way through nurturing um, or through attention or through intimate connection or through relating to that pulse, the ebb and flow of what is actually holding the container of life. Uh, Another way that I often help share theoretically about it is the thema mundi which is a theoretical horoscope for the beginning of the world and it has cancer rising and i always just think of the primordial waters or those first few verses in genesis in the in the bible where it's just talking about the formless and the deep and the darkness over the waters it wasn't light that came first it was water the womb, and so, what gets created in darkness, gestated and protected in that watery internal space, then pulses with life to come forth and be its own source for heart waves and that is a valuable process and energy and capability to tap into whether we're talking about creating other human beings or not. The impulse for life here on this planet is so incredibly strong, right? When I was on a few hikes last week, it was just like literally green is just bursting out of every crevice that it possibly can, right? It can't help but be alive and regenerate life when we're plugged into that pulse and so again it doesn't have to result in creating human beings but it can be in the creation of our life and our relationships or our sense of beauty or fulfillment and i know that we're so often or you know i can get so triggered so easily into survival mode and perceiving threats everywhere and um we won't go into the semantics of that in this episode, but we can in a future episode, Like, kind of, which triggers this like looking out for myself and looking out for ourselves primarily um, in response to threat. And we make offerings to our life, we make offerings for our life as a singular thing so often, especially when we feel endangered or threatened. But on the solstice, I would love to invite you to you know, make offerings to life with a capital L. Whenever I'm writing it in my notes or when I'm teaching, I always write it in all capitals. So if you hear me say it, that's probably you can just picture that in your mind. Um, what can you offer on behalf of the primordial waters on the solstice? What can you give birth to or what can you conceive of that will hold um, a drop of the continuation of of that capital L life because life isn't just about humans. Life isn't just about me. Life isn't just about you, but it's something that we are a part of for right now. And it's a moment I think to reflect and to evaluate on where are you in the ebb and flow in the tides of your life right now? and we tend to take everything really personally as humans but ebb and flow is not so personal it's just how things move it's just part of the pulse of life and you know of course we we love yes but yes all the time that's where we get these whole problematic economies that have no understanding or appreciation of limitations or contraction or resting or winter or regeneration right the no is part of the yes the death is a part of the life the winter is the other side of the summer so take stock and maybe evaluate for yourself. Where do you feel the outer reaches, the extension, the growth, the stretch? Um, And perhaps it's tired and ready to pull back or rest a bit. And on the other side of that, where do you feel parts of your landscape ready to reach out towards the sun again? Sometimes, and we're not, it's not usually all one answer, right? Different areas of our life or different areas of our multi-dimensional selves have different answers to that question. Sometimes it helps me think of parts of my life. Like I always think of like a mixing board, um, where like some knobs are all the way up, some are all the way down and some are just kind of floating in the middle on this like spectrum. They're always, and they're always moving and changing based on the sound coming in to sort of moderate feedback and sound. And it is a creative process, that moderation, right? The person who's doing that editing or that producing, um, and mixing the sound, that is something creative. They're responding to what's coming in and then having some sort of input on the level and the volume and the gain and whatever all of those buttons are, I don't even know. So think of these kinds of evaluations, this as as active participation in the ebb and flow, which is the pulse of life. Um, we are, it's easy to forget. I, mean, I forget all the time. You know, we're basically big bottles of water, right? We're mostly water, columns of water inside some skin, some water, and some stardust. Um, and so, of course, the laws of the ocean are the laws of us as well, in so many ways. The laws of the creative primordial water are the laws of us as well. I was noticing when I was out, um, there was one in particular, there was a trail that led to a waterfall. It rained a lot of the time I was there, so whenever there was like a snatch of sun, I was like, okay, now is my moment, and I went on this hike, and it wasn't, you know, crazy long or super difficult, but the views were so beautiful, and it's one point where it was kind of easy to hop off of this little trail and just kind of sit in the river (laughs) next to a rock, and it just sort of was at the top of a waterfall, and it was so beautiful. And I'm so fulfilled. And it felt amazing to just sit there for a really long time. And it's always so funny to me, you know, like on the walks, like everyone has their own little thing that they're doing where, you know, like some people are like, trekked out as if they're going to be gone like in the Sahara for like eight weeks you know like backpacks and you know it's literally like a two mile hike it was nothing insane Um, but everyone you know bring what you need Um, and some people like they went they came in after I did they left before I did and they had like a little guide and they were just mostly concerned with getting cute pictures and it's just always so interesting to observe everyone's different relationship with the natural world and that's um or with the more than human world, I should say, because we are part of the natural world, which we forget. Um, and it's helpful for me to remember, I was like, Oh yeah, not everyone is like gushing over everything in the same way. And that's not to like, I'm not calling people out or judging people. Um, but it was just an interesting parallel to see all the different ways that we bring ourselves to this kind of experience, what we expect or what we're here to get the experience out of. And, so many things dropped in while on that hike and some of the things one of the things that just landed so strongly which I've talked about a little bit before but it felt really present was just you know we have these like if we're talking about the more than human world the planet as the mother as the sun in cancer as the the primordial waters as the the impulse for life that makes our life possible and we have so many arguments and what is the word rhetoric, you know, about how we have to protect ourselves from nature, that nature is deadly and it's harmful and the source of everything bad that can happen to us. Um, But actually, the natural world is the source of our healing, uh, because we are a part of it. And it is the only template for our flourishing. It is our relationship to nature that has that can become deadly not nature itself of course um again people die in natural disasters death is a part of life not death cannot be avoided we are going to go out one way or another and that's not what i'm commenting on um they were using the example i was listening to the news and you know we get all these viruses from pigs and chickens and and i was like okay well are pigs just sitting around generating viruses trying to kill us or is it the way that we force these very sentient and intelligent beings into artificial situations, digesting situations, disgusting situations, chalk them up full of antibiotics so that it generates, um, antibiotic resistant bacteria and virus. We've them up full of growth hormone. We artificially impregnate them. We steal their babies. Then we force them to live in their own filth that I think could create conditions that are ripe for disease. So is it nature or is it our relationship to nature? Is nature is not out to get us or like attacking us with sickness? Is it or, you know, that's something that gets said a lot, like nature is out to get us and attacking us with sickness. Or is it the way that our food is literally covered in chemical weapon technology in the name of pest control um, that is now in all of our rainfall and in the air we breathe? That could be, you know, again, is nature just out there trying to kill us? Or is our relationship with nature causing a breakdown in biology, which creates problems? And in our modern world, we live in this, like, you know, we live in small plastic bubbles, like covered in bleach, sweating and microplastics, eating food that's covered in Agent Orange, erasing our microbiome from our skin with relentless sanitizing agents. And then we're like, why can't I tap into my intuition, right? Like, why is feeling creative challenging? You know, why do we have eight-year-olds who have diseases that only 80-year-olds used to get? And we can get complacent with asking those difficult questions because we like have phones inside our plastic bubbles right and it's but it's because we're not tapped into the forest of life right we're not plugging into the pulse or the heartbeat the that those plants bursting out of a rock are and that is where our sources that is the the life force energy that we're called to plug into that we evolved to plug into and thrive with you know we treat the more than human world as if it's like an add to cart right like oh this herb will make my skin look better this hike is like a visit to a theme park where we take pictures and we look at the cute rides Um, but we're still operating without relationship with it and Life doesn't come from technology, right? Like Apple computers is not the reason I'm alive. (laughs) It's cool, but it's not the source of life. Earth is the source of life. The capital M Mother is the source of life. And I think that's something that on the solstice we can take a moment to evaluate again, where are we in this heartbeat? What is our relationship to this pulse, this throbbing, this impulse, this imagination of life that is made so beautifully rich and possible here and I'm not trying to say this again from any pedestal ever and I'm not saying it's my fault it's not it's not your fault it's not necessarily our fault necessarily I don't know that that's a productive conversation you know we've been sold the plastic bubbles and the technology we can have inside the plastic bubbles um but there's just so many people that I talk to, you know, like, I don't know why I feel numb, why I feel like I can't connect to my creativity or why my intuition feels far away. You know, we've been sold this chemico techno fake solutions um, and the actual solutions to long futures for life is the natural world's way, which is that of it is naturally in abundance because the impulse for life is so strong it's not expensive and that is why we are not sold that story because big pharma cannot sell it to us because big ag can't sell it to us we have to and so it's not in the headlines unless they can get us to buy something with it the solutions are right in front of us but it it does require collective action and it that comes from a commitment to our personal rebirth to collective rebirth and to our own capacity for regeneration and commitment to the ebb and flow, the heartbeat of the primordial waters. And so, you know, if there was ever a moment, as I've said on the podcast so often, and I will probably continue to say because the the life crisis that we're in at the moment, at least for so many forms of life, not just humans, but definitely humans, is something that just weighs so heavily on me. And if there was a moment that we really needed everyone's maximum creativity, the creative water, the womb-like water, the capacity for fertility and regeneration that cancer can give us, um, it would be now, right? We all need the creative womb space, the intuitive womb space. We all need our interstellar antennae working and on and... It is something that must be done with relationship, which is something that cancer can help us orient towards and teach us to. None of this done outside of relationship will succeed, right? This cannot be done in isolation. It cannot be done as an individual. It must be done together, which means we must connect with one another. And we have to prioritize, firstly, I think, our relationship to the sacred source of the mother of the planet of the life and let our creativity be plugged into that awe and that wonder and that nourishment and it's nourish, not nourishing because it's working so hard it's nourishing again because it's just plugged into the pulse to the vibration it has a vibration and just by going barefoot and standing on it or taking the time to sit and allowing your resonance to attune to the resonance of that life, the relationship is possible. So let let the mother be the template for all that you do and be. Let that relationship to one another, the relationship to the more than human world, follow and direct and create, again, that impulse towards life, towards regeneration, towards healing, towards an incredible perspective of awe and imagination around what is possible in kin we were t- embarking on a series on intuition and um, I was talking about the other world or the unseen world which a lot of times we use intuition as a way of describing how we connect to the unseen world and I the way that I relate to the other world is that it's not somewhere else, right? It's here. The other world is embedded within this one. It's right here. We, we're in it. I think what was that Alan Watts quote we ta- I talked about um, a few weeks ago where it's like, we're already in heaven because heaven is space and we are in space. (laughs) And the other world is not somewhere else. The unseen world is not somewhere else. It's right here. It's embedded within this big, beautiful life capsule that we're in. And when we learn to listen past the noise, and we can really hear what is, that's a huge intuitive step, right? And it feels so boring. I feel like I'm becoming... um, I'm becoming those people that look so boring on the outside because all I want to do is just like sit and like listen. Um, but the more I do it, the more I'm like, oh, that's where the power is because I feel more resonant and more powerful and more capable when I do that. But we, um, we always, we like to do things, right? <laughs> so it's a huge intuitive step when we learn to listen past the noise and we can really hear what is, and I'm using here as, you know, loosely. (laughs) But then we think eventually we can learn to go even deeper into the extrasensory world. And we learn not only to hear what is, but what is also, what is also here, what is also happening, the world that is inside this world. And that is the creative ocean of possibility, um, in and of itself, I think. And that is, I think where, the world we're living in, we're able to perceive the magical world and the one that we're in as one and the same. And so we need that creative ocean of possibility. You know, if there was ever a moment in human history where we needed mad creativity, I would say it would be now. Um, We need the more than human ideas. And so your creativity, your aesthetic intuition that where you choose the beautiful and the connected and the pulse is the crown that we should all be wearing. And so on the solstice, I invite you to do that, to stand with your feet on the ground, to lay on the ground, to listen to the water, to do nothing and offer your attention, to offer yourself as a way to plug back into this creative impulse for life, to plug back into that wisdom to plug back into that truth, to plug back into the extraordinary reality that the magical world lives inside of this one. It is this one. So I hope that you'll take the time to connect with source and with the source and the sources (laughs) of where we are and to take time in celebration of life, that capital L life and in commitment to life. And what does your offering look like? That is something that is unique to you and unique to your own creative possibility. What does reciprocity look like? How? What wants to be rearranged? If we think of that mixing board, what wants to go up in the volume? What wants to go down? What wants to stay where it is in the sort of holding down the base? How can you arrange your finances and your time to reflect your commitment to life. Maybe it looks like buying fewer clothes and committing more of your budget to locally grown organic food. Maybe it looks like educating your neighborhood on pesticides and getting them removed from your apartment building or your public areas or your schools or your parks. Maybe it means buying less and buying better. Maybe we don't need three dresses this summer. Maybe we can just buy one nice one made from regeneratively grown cotton. Maybe it means checking to make sure... Um, the shit in your community is actually getting recycled if it says it is or starting a garden or helping someone else start a garden or helping a farmer or maybe connecting to three or four other people in your community and commit to doing one project or initiative a month together. What is that creativity? Where does it want to go? Where does the water want to go? And what possibilities and imagination is it holding for you? And so I invite you this solstice to to step into that cancer creativity um, and to celebrate your own, the own fertility and the generative possibility of your own life. And so that was my major soapbox for the day, obviously. <laughs> On Tuesday, June 22nd, we have Mer- Mercury will station direct, which I know everyone is really excited about or anxiously awaiting Is there? Um, projects that you've been working on that you've really been working on that have just been going through the ringer and getting reviewed again and again is there anything that you're ready to wrap up or decide on and personally I've been having a lot of time zone confusions and zoom mishaps and recording errors and overall tech disorganization and reorganization so Mercury Stationing Direct will um, also Start bringing to light and making the plans clear, the projects clear for um, what was happening in that underworld moment, what was happening behind the scenes that maybe we're not quite sure yet how it is made visible. And as Mercury stations direct and eventually gains more and more brightness, those plans will be made clear. Um, We talked about in the last solo episode how, especially with the clips in Gemini and the U S chart briefly. And we had the, um, G seven summit, I believe it's called, um, in the UK and everyone was commenting, or at least uh, in the articles that I read, like how the president, the US president wasn't very visible, didn't do a lot of press time or give a lot of specifics about what they were talking about. and wasn't really the show. And I was like, and it was just so such a great example of that Mercury, you know, that was completely invisible and retrograde it's just being behind the scenes. Like there were definitely things talked about and agreements being made and we'll see what happens when they come to light and when they come to fruition. In poetry and in closing this is called lake loop by natalie diaz because there was yet no lake into many nights we made the lake a labor and its necessary laborings to find the basin not yet opened in my body yet my body any body wet or water from the start to fill a clay Start being what ever means a beginning. The earth's first hand on a vision quest, wildering night's skin fields for touch like a dark horse made of air, turned downward in the dusk, opaking a hand resembles its ancestors, the war, or the horse who war made. What it means to be made, to be ruined before becoming rift glacial ablation and breaking lake hip sloping fluvial then spilled i unzip the lake walk into what i am the thermoclean and oxygen as is with kills rivers seas the water as is of our own naming i am wet we call it because it is a happening is happening now imagined light is light's imagination a lake shape of it the obligatory body, its dark burning reminding us back, memory as filter, desire as lagon, a hydrology, the lake is alone, we say in Mojave. Every story happens because someone's mouth, a nature-dependent life universe, here at the lake, say, she wanted what she said, to slip down into it, for which a good lake will rise, lake which once meant sacrifice, which once meant I am devoted. Here I am. Atmosphere. Sensation. Pressure. The lake is beneath me. Pleasure bounded. A slip space between touch and not. Slip of paper. Slip of hand. Slip body turning towards slip trouble. I am who slipped the moorings. I am so red with lack to loop not or leave the loop beyond the knot. We won't say love because it is a difference between vertex and vertices. The number of surfaces we break enough or many to make the lake loosened from the rock. One body's dearth is another body's ache. Lay it to the earth. All great lakes are meant to take sediment, leg, wrist, wrist, the ear, let down and wet with stars. Dock lights distant but wanted deep to be held in the well of the eye, woven like water through itself, in and inside, how to sate a depression if not with darkness, if darkness is not, fingers brushing a body, shh, she said, I don't know what the world is, I slip for her or anything like language new each time, diffusion remade and organized, and because nothing is enough, waves each an emotional museum of water left light trembles a lake figure on loop a night loop every story is a story of water before it is gold and alone before it is black like a rat snake i begin at the lake clean once now drained i am murk i am not clean everything has already happened always the lake is just up ahead in the poem my mouth is the moon i bring it down lay it over the lake of her thighs warm lamping axe hewing water's tender shell slant slip entering like light surrounded into another skin where there was yet no lake yet we made it make it still to drink and clean ourselves on thank you so much for listening If you enjoyed the conversation, please leave us a five-star rate or review. Subscribe to the show and share the episode with someone else who would enjoy it. Be sure to check out the links below the episode in the notes for more information about anything that we talked about on the show, free resources, and also how you can join our free group where you can talk about the episode with other like-minded folks. Thank you for being here. Peace.